Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I'm so excited to have you here for another awesome episode. Here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we help entrepreneurs and business owners like you win at the game of business and marketing. And as the name says, our listeners are business creators. They can fall into one of several different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have those who help others build their businesses, such as graphic designers, web designers, social media strategists, media and publicity experts, virtual assistants, and online business managers, who are two of the groups we're going to talk about today. And, of course, the do-it-yourselfers who love to have your own hands on the levers and run things yourself. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Be sure to subscribe. We update every single week. And make sure that you leave a five-star rating. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Well, this week, we are very excited to have back with us again for part two of our series on going virtual and how to find the best virtual assistant to partner with. We're happy to have Denise Griffiths being so gracious to join us for part two. Denise, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Adam. I'm delighted to be back. Certainly, certainly. And those who were listening last week know that we began this topic and we discovered that we really had much more than an hour's worth of material to cover. We ended up covering uh, some of the elements of working with a virtual assistant, such as why the virtual assistance industry is such a rapid growth industry. Uh, We were talking about some of the best practices for partnering with a VA and your team. And we were looking at, conversely, what an entrepreneur needs to put into the equation when working with a virtual assistant or an online business manager. And that's something we're going to develop a little bit further. Now, a lot of our listeners were looking for some of the more technical aspects of working with a virtual assistant or an online business manager, such as the online systems to use, how to recruit a virtual assistant, how to check references, how to set expectations, how to establish the relationship, how to set up strong and effective two-way communication. And Denise, as the founder of a very famous Facebook discussion group known as Your Virtual Assistant, is certainly one of the most qualified persons I know to speak on this subject. Now, last week we also spoke about uh, the power of online marketing for introverts and some other things that are very near, dear, and passionate to both Denise and myself. So we had to promise each other and promise you that we would uh, stick a little bit closer to the talking points. Denise, do you think we can pull it off this time? We're going to try. <laughs> we really oh, no, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to do it. This, we're going to make this happen. There, there is absolutely nothing that's going to stop us. So what I'd like, where I'd like to begin, I'd like to just kind of start with a bang here. And this is something that we made three attempts to cover last week. So what I have to do is just allow you to put out a bullet point list and just sit back and wait till you're done, is tell us, what are the different levels of virtual assistants as you see them? Because I personally believe that the idea of a VA or a virtual assistant is so genericized that we don't even know what it means. So please help us clarify, and I think a good way to do that would be to get through these different levels. We did cover it to some degree the last time, but there's your beginner VA, what I would term a concierge VA. 
this is a VA who probably came out of an office position, left that position for whatever reason, redundancy or pregnancy. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people leave their office jobs. And they have some skills. They really do. They have Excel skills. You know, they have people skills, what I would term soft skills, which we're not discounting those soft skills. They're very, very important. But they don't have high, high technical level skills yet. They can't work in in systems that entrepreneurs desperately need, such as shopping carts, Infusionsoft, newsletters, things like that. So concierge VA, excuse me, I'll be doing that a lot today, I'm afraid. A concierge VA is, is somebody who is just starting out and who is probably going to be really honing their skills over time, but they're just not there yet. They're not in, at an advanced level. So these are people who can help you in your Gmail account or your, you know, they can field calls for you, they can make appointments for you, they can answer questions if you've trained them properly. They can do kind of personal stuff for you. They're not going to be able to really work with you to get your messaging out there. Excuse me, it's going to be, I'm sorry, Adam, it's going to be one of those tough days for my voice. But anyway, that's a concierge VA. I term them simply as more of a personal assistant than anything else. But if they're doing their job right, they are educating, educating, educating. They're taking courses, you know, they're getting training wherever they can. So then you have... The next level is a virtual assistant, which is, as you say, it's kind of a bastardized term. It covers so many levels, but just for the sake of argument, we're going to say that this is a person who has some skills. They have gone, you know, undertaken some training. They're working probably or have worked with other VA teams. You know, they've made themselves part of a team so they can pick up skills, so they can pick up how do you do these things. Look, in in the online world that we inhabit, there are a lot of moving parts. You cannot have one specialist, period. You can't right. have somebody who just does Infusionsoft unless you're a team or you had a team like I do. I have one person on my team. That's all he does is Infusionsoft, but he is so good at it. That's all I want him to do. And right. I call him in when I need it. Do you understand? But but a good VA, a good general VA is probably going to be able to work in your newsletter, meaning they have some knowledge <clears throat> excuse me, of um, AWeber, Constant Contact, MailChimp, you know, those things. They're going to have some skills in in terms of being able to edit and kind of follow along, meaning that they can look at your newsletter, they can look at your blogs, and they can post them for you. Sometimes they can even help you write them. But they have to have some good speaking and writing and editing skills. Right. Excuse me. Um, they're, they're not going to be able to really pull the whole picture together, but they're a good, solid part of a team that you're working with if you're working with a team. If you're just starting out and you want to have one virtual assistant, which is really where we all need to start anyway, a good, solid Virtual assistant, we're, we're going to call them level two, just for the heck of it, Sounds can help good. you with that. They can take, yeah, they can take a lot of things off of your plate. You know, the newsletter, the, dang it, it's going to be, I'm sorry. I hate it when my voice goes out. They're going to be able to do a lot of lower level things for you. They're techie, they're technical, and things that you don't necessarily want to do, but they're not incredibly technical, like Infusionsoft or WordPress. Now, that being said, they should have some at least basic WordPress skills, meaning that they can log in, 
they can send out your post, you know, they can edit your post, make sure that it's, you know, gone out to all the social media, things like that. Of course. So a good, v, good level 2 VA is going to be able to do an awful lot of work for you. Then you're going to get to really the higher level, which is an OBM. That's me. That's right. somebody who can do all of it, all of it. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing about a good OBM, and we are worth our weight in gold, I promise you, is that we're not just web developers. We're not just a virtual assistant. We are also a business consultant. We are looking at your business. We're looking at what's not going on in your business. We're looking for gaps. We're looking for holes. We're consulting with you. We are treating your business every bit as good as we treat our own or better. I mean, because your success is how we continue to be in business. So right. we're we're there. We're watching everything that you're doing. We're making you know suggestions. We're pulling you back from the cliff when need be. Right. It's not unusual to have a client who has shiny object syndrome. And I've had clients before where it seemed like my job was to keep saying no, no, and no, no, put the shiny object down. We have to finish this one first. So as an OBM, which is the highest level of virtual assistants, you have to be able to look at their business. You have to be able to see what's going on, what's not going on, and you need to be able to pivot and say, okay, this is not working. We're going to go down here, and this is why we're going to do it. Let's try this. So OBMs and virtual assistants are small business owners. It's just just different levels of competency, if you will. Right. I think that all makes a lot of sense, and uh, we okay. do see a lot of variance between the mm-hmm. different levels. And I've seen people who are what you would call the level twos call themselves online business managers and vice versa. I've seen it kind of work right. both ways. I've seen people who are really more like online business managers call themselves VAs, which is why we have such a lack of clarity. And one of the arguments I've been making for a long time is that just like there are riches and niches when it comes to any type of information or any type of of service or any type of solution you offer, it's the same with virtual assistants. I mean, it's one thing to have somebody who's a great generalist, and you should really have one of those on your team, somebody who has a good understanding of online marketing tools and systems, somebody who understands the mechanics of online marketing, including email marketing, social media marketing, and doing things like setting up your webinars, your teleseminars, and taking a lot of that stuff off your hands and making it run very smoothly. I think all this is very important. Somebody who can log into WordPress and update the website, I think is awesome. But we see a lot of lack of clarity because we see folks try too hard to be everything. when really they may have one or two great talents. I want to point out that when you're going through your levels of virtual assistance, you have somebody on your own team who is brilliant when it comes to Infusionsoft, and you'd really just kind of like him to stay in the area of Infusionsoft. And I, I'm willing to bet you that that guy makes a pretty solid living just off Infusionsoft because having somebody who has that ability and really knows how the system works is something that is in such high demand right now and is so hard to find. I see so many folks out there who have gone to www.infusionsoft.com. They say, oh, this is a, this is a customer relationship management system. I can spell CRM. Up oh, list of qualifications, Infusionsoft. And you yes. and I both know that yes. ain't true. <laughs> it's not even close to true. And I don't mind sharing with you, Adam. I pay this guy $100 an hour. He earns it. 
he is that I can tell, worth I can tell you it that, to me. I can tell you that right now. So anybody listening, yep. if you believe that you are going to get somebody who is a genius at Infusionsoft and pay them $20 an hour, you're getting that person who's been to Infusionsoft's website and can spell CRM and may or may not know what those three letters stand right. But to truly understand the power of the tagging and the categorizing and how to set up your follow-up sequences and how to build your launch and conversion funnels using Infusionsoft's tools, you really need somebody who is very in-depth, who's very much a specialist when it comes to that. So you may be working very with much. An, yeah, so you may be working with an Infusionsoft VA or an Infusionsoft virtual assistant where they say, hey, look, Infusionsoft is what I do. That's what you hire me for. Or you may be working with an organization where it's a team of VAs, and they list everybody on the staff, and you see there's one person or two people, and they are identified as the Infusionsoft team. So you know that regardless of anything you're working with that firm for, when it comes up to the Infusionsoft questions, that's where it goes. You may have relationships with multiple different people. Now, what are some of the best practices for entrepreneurs who want to partner with a VA or a VA team? Uh, I ask this question because I participate in a lot of online discussion groups, and it seems like everybody's always looking for someone to do something. Clarity. That's the Just write it down, capital letters, clarity. If you don't know what you need from your partner, and let me tell you, as a virtual assistant or an OBM, we are your partner in success. I've discussed this with you before. That's my right. tagline. It's also my trademark. It's also how I do business. I literally step up and I become your partner in success. It's the only way to do business. But I don't read your darn mind. So I need to understand what you have in mind for your business. I need to know what your goals are. I need to know what target you're trying to hit. And then after I've instructed you as a potential client to follow yourself around for a few days, and this is is so easy and I don't know why people don't do it, I say, listen, follow yourself around for three days. It's kind of like keeping a diet journal. Write down everything you do. Not everything that goes into your mouth. Don't care about that. But Mm -hmm. everything that you're doing. And then I want you to say, okay, I should not be doing this, or I don't have the skill level to do this, or I hate doing that. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of sort it out. You can color code it however you want to do it. But once you, as the client, have in your mind a very clear sense of what you should be doing, what is making the money for you, what you're doing that is not making you money and is actually you're spending way too much time on it because your skill levels are not there. It, it just, you know, once you have a very clear idea of what it is that you can be handing off to somebody else, then you have that discussion. And only then do you have that discussion. You don't hire a virtual assistant Level two, level three, DEFCOM, like I am, you just don't do it until you know exactly where it is that you know your business needs assistance and where you would like to say, you know, this is not my field of expertise. Right. I don't want to be doing this. So then you have the conversation and say, okay, can you do this? Can your team do this? And an honest VA, an honest OBM will say, we can do all of it, but that, we're going to have to work on that part. Right. For some things, you know, I mean, but it's a conversation, and clarity has to be achieved on both sides. The virtual assistant or the OBM has to have a very clear idea of what it is that they can be helping you with, assisting you with, or guiding you with, so that you're not wasting your time and your money or their time and their money 
because we have teams. We're paying people to do things, and we don't want to just scattershot it out there. We want to deliver products and services and, and processes to you that actually make sense. So, you know, when we're spending your money on our team and it's not right, it's just a lose-lose situation all the way around. Right. So I'm going to say again, clarity. I love that. And I think that we could talk for several hours on best practices, and I think it's ultimately going to come back to clarity, knowing what you need solved and knowing who you need to solve that and how you need them to solve it. And when you put those three things together, I don't think there's much you're not going to be able to do as far as working with virtual assistants or working with online business managers. I think that's going to cover a lot of it. Now, here's something we dove into a little bit last time. What does the entrepreneur wishing to partner with the VA need to bring to the table? Now, we're always you know, hearing, well, with the virtual assistant, the online business manager, well, they're the resource. What are, you know, we shouldn't be talking about what the client needs to bring to the table. The client's bringing money. It's up to the VA to bring everything else. And I'm thinking, really? I don't think so. And this is something that was very interesting to me when we started talking about this last time, is to me, if I'm the client – it is my responsibility to give my virtual assistants, to give my online business managers everything they need to know in order to do mm-hmm. the job effectively. I have found that you know, working with my own uh, coaching and consulting clients, the only way I get really good working with them, and I have clients where I ghostwrite for them, where I write their sales pieces and I write their emails, the only way that I can write in their voice, I can know what matters to them, I can know what they say and what they don't say, is spending time with them and those clients' willingness to be giving of their time to share, to give feedback, and to make clear what their do's and don'ts are. I mean, I've, you know, I've had this before where I've had uh, people who've done work for me who have gone and done things on social media that were, like, directly contrary to something that I specifically said in a blog post I'd written just two weeks before where it was like I wrote a blog post on five ways that you can drive people running screaming from your social media, and they go and do three of them in my name. Well, that was my fault. That wasn't their fault. That was my fault because I must have missed something along the line. Either I didn't communicate that properly or I didn't properly stress the importance of it. So what happened, unfortunately, is uh, you know they called me up after they posted this in the LinkedIn discussion group, and they said, oh, you got to see this great post. And I said, yep. I already saw the post. I deleted it before you got me banned from LinkedIn. Did you not read the article you helped me distribute three weeks ago? Now, I was a little bit burned over that, but retrospectively, I recognize it's probably because I didn't spend enough time. So aside right. from time and I'm glad and you clarity, caught that. Yeah. Aside from time and clarity, what else does the client need to bring to the table in order to make this relationship successful? And don't worry, we'll cover what the VA and the OBM need to bring to the table as well, but let's start here. Well, let's just kind of draw a word picture here, if you don't mind. Sure. Let's let's assume, I mean, you, you need to treat your virtual service provider, whether you're a virtual assistant, whether you're an OBM, or whether you're a web developer, or like me, you're all three. Courtesy. You need to start with courtesy. You need to start with common sense. You'd never, ever treat a virtual service provider any differently than you would an employee in your office. I think we covered that a bit right. um, the last time. So you have to use some common sense. You can't just assume because they say, oh, I'm a virtual assistant, that they know everything. They don't know your business. It is your job, as you said, to make sure that they understand 
your path, you know, who your consumers are, what your messaging is. Look, if you had a brick-and-mortar, and this is where I'm drawing the word picture, if you had a brick-and-mortar business, and you have this cute little reception area that people come through, and it's got fresh flowers, and it's got a little bowl of candy and, you know, all the stuff that people do to entice people into their office. And then you get to the receptionist window or desk, and that person doesn't know spit about your business. They have not been trained. You just hired them. You said, thank you for coming in. I'm going to pay you $15 an hour until you quit, and good luck to you. Right. How would that work? Uh, they would, how would they, that they work? Would probably quit sooner than later, and I'd be right back at square one. That's exactly right. You would be hiring and hiring and hiring over and over again. You have to work with your your virtual service provider, right. and you have to make sure that they have the picture. One of the big big mistakes that I see people making is they'll say, "Okay, I want you to send out this autoresponder." Okay, but what's it all about? I mean, what am I aiming this out? Is there if I had a bigger picture, I would know what it is that maybe I can suggest you do. Like, okay, right. you know, I'm going to send this autoresponder out, but how about if I take excerpts and rework them for Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook? And how about if I create a really cool graphic and put it on Pinterest and lead it back to that article that is now on the web? You need to give your, your VA a big picture. Yes. And not just once. You need to do it all the time. Yes. Yes, that is. We don't read minds. I, I keep saying this. We don't read yeah. minds. You know. Right, we're just right. Just too darn busy to try that. Yeah, we we don't remind, or we hear phrases like "Well, I told you once." Well, here's my <laughs> here's my response to the "I told you once" crowd. If you only want to tell them once, then the way you tell them once is to film yourself using Camtasia explaining it. So right. you only have right. to say it once but they can watch it as many times as they need to in order to profoundly understand your way of doing things because they may have five different clients who may approach the same thing five different ways. And how do they know Denise's way unless Denise is being abundantly clear? I spend a lot of time with my web designer, my graphic designer. I spend a lot of time with them when it comes to explaining what I need, filming Camtasia videos because I expect them to watch it, to stop, start, pause, and rewind, and I find the more time I spend on this, the more likely I am to get the exact product I need on the first try. And, and I, that's and I, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. If, if there's major, if there's measurements I need, I tell them the measurements. If there's an mm-hmm. example that I'm thinking about where I'm getting the idea that we want this to look a certain way because I saw it this other place, I'm going to show them the other thing. And I'm not, and I'm not just going to say, well, make that like Denise's. I'm going to say, I like Denise's because of this color and this element right here. So, you know, you know we may want to use this as a guide, but don't do this because I don't like how Denise does that. Uh, do this other thing instead. And I will bring all these things together, and then and then if there's something that I've noticed, like uh, like I know with one of my designers at one point, uh, uh, they kept forgetting to put the trademark symbol after the phrase "help my website sell." I'll just uh, say, and not in a nagging way, I'll just say, and just remember to use the trademark symbol. Just you know, a little something like that, so it'll become second nature, and they master doing it because they're tired of being reminded of it. Well, and that leads me to the next thing that anybody wanting to work with a VA really needs to understand, and that means that they need to have standard operating procedures, SOPs, right. which is what you just described. Yes. So 
you know, bringing somebody on board as your virtual assistant and then just letting them run with it is a very bad idea. Yes. Having in-depth conversations with this person about what their true capabilities are, what they're willing to learn if they don't already know it. Because many VAs are like, you know, uh, if they're honest, they will say, I'm not real good in one shopping cart, but you know what? I'm going to learn it. I'm not going to bill you for it because it's an added value service for my clients. Right. But I will learn it. And when I'm ready, I will tell you that I'm ready to work in that. In the meantime, I am going to do my best to bring somebody onto my team. Even if they don't have a team, they're going to start a team who can do that for them. So you don't always say no as a knee-jerk response. I can't do that. But, and this is the worst thing, the worst thing a virtual assistant can do, and it's the biggest gripe that I hear out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Adam, I know you've seen this. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Then they find out they darn well can't do it, and they disappear. Mm-hmm. They don't respond to client inquiries. They, they you know, miss deadlines. They just disappear. They shut down. And that's the biggest, that's exactly right. And that's the biggest gripe that I hear about the virtual assistance industry. So I hired somebody. And they just they didn't do the work and they disappeared. Right. Well, yeah, because there wasn't honesty and communication there. Right, right. So it's very important on both sides that you understand who is doing what, who can actually do it. And if that person that you're thinking about bringing on as a VA can't do it, they you know they either have to have somebody who can do it for them or you need to you know find somebody who can do that part of it, like my Infusionsoft guy. I don't ask him to do anything but Infusionsoft. Period. That's all he does. Right. So, you know, it's just you need to really, really make sure that your VA has the whole picture, that you have the whole picture to start with, and not just hire a VA because somebody says, oh, you need a VA. Happens all the time. You would be surprised. Well, yeah, and this goes along with what entrepreneurs need to bring to the table, which, going back to what you said earlier, is absolute clarity you need to bring that to the table with your partnership so when you have somebody says oh yeah i can do that oh yeah i can do that if you have the clarity in what you're looking for you know the specific questions that need to be asked so if somebody says oh yeah i can do infusionsoft so you say really so you can you know start asking them questions about tagging follow-up sequencing um, how to do the broadcast uh, how to set up the conversion funnels using that thing that looks kind of looks like a CAD drawing inside Infusionsoft, how to use contacts. I mean, there's so many things we can do with Infusionsoft. And I don't know a single person out there using Infusionsoft who's really using it to even one-tenth of its capacity. That's just the truth. So you have to decide as part of your clarity, your idea of the perfect way to use Infusionsoft in your business, what do you need your Infusionsoft to do for you? And if you don't have that clarity – you're not going to be able to get to the bottom of somebody saying, oh, yeah, I'm an Infusionsoft expert, okay? And Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And that leads me to the next very important you know, part of the process, if you will. Get references. Look for work. I mean, look at their work. Look at their social proof. Talk to people who have worked with them. Right. If you don't, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I mean, you just don't know what you're getting. This person... I mean, you don't know what you're getting when you hire somebody physically anyway. Right. But you really don't know what you're getting when you hire somebody, you know, across the country from you. Ask for that proof. A a true professional will say, you bet. Here you go. Right. Right, right, right. There wouldn't be any reticence. And I would also Mm -mm. even go so far to argue 
if the virtual assistant or the online business manager is really doing their job, you wouldn't really feel the need to ask for references. Now, I'm not saying don't ask for references. And it I, should already be out there. Yeah, and I, and I yeah. think that there's a school of thought that's going to say always ask for references. But if I would argue that 95% of the time, if they've shown enough social proof, if you can just Google them or look around the discussion groups online and find enough about them, find where they're hanging out, find who they're hanging out with, find out what they're saying, you can walk away with a strong enough sense that they are the real deal, that you don't really need to check for references, so to speak, that you can get to the clarity part, which is I'm using one shopping cart and I use this function, this function, and this function. So I need to be clear that this person who's positioning himself as the ultimate one shopping cart expert, that they can do these three things because this is what really matters to me. This is what I need to bring to the table to get right. back to the table what I'm looking for. Right. And listen, Infusionsoft is not one of my strengths, and I'm clear about that. I right. have a lot of strengths. Infusionsoft is not one of them. I'm good enough to get in, get out, and do the basic work. I'm also smart enough to know not to lie to somebody about it. So I tell people, listen, I've got a very strong team. I mean, I have an excellent team. And I have one man that I've used. I've used him for years, and I would bet my house on him. He's that good. So I don't try to pretend that I'm the Infusionsoft person. I'm not. Right. I'm a web development person. I'm, you know, I can wear an awful lot of hats in in my my practice, and I do. But I, Infusionsoft is too important for me to go. Mm, yeah, I can do that. I don't want to do it. I don't even like it. I don't. I, the Infusionsoft is just one of those systems that's just not fun for me. So I choose to know enough about it to know when something's going sideways and to know when something's going really well, and to step in and go, "Hang on a second but it's not something that I spend a lot of time in myself. Right. But I also hire an expert, and I mean a proven expert, so I'm covered. Right. I, I personally feel the same way about GoToWebinar, which is a system that a lot of people swear by. I have had zero luck with it. Almost every time I've tried to use it, it has catastrophically crashed and burned, where I've lost everything. I've lost all the money, all the conversions, all the attendance, the recording, all of it, because something happened and it just crashed right in the middle. I feel myself jinxed and I just cannot make it to work. If you want me to be on GoToWebinar, your hands are on the lever, levers. That's my deal. Even if it's my <laughs> webinar, if you want it to, even if it's my webinar and you want to present to my audience using GoToWebinar, it's fine. We use your account. That's just right. and that and that is just me thinking like somebody who is properly leveraging the support because mm -hmm. if they have GoToWebinar mastered, why would I take the time to try and figure out why I'm so jinxed about it when somebody else has mastered it? That, 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 that doesn't make sense. No, just that's like, just it. Yeah. And it, I'm going to share another real quick story with you. Years ago when I was still working a job job, it's been a long time, Right. and I worked for a young man at the time. He was a very young man. He was younger than I was, but he was a Cuban immigrant. He'd come over here legally and he got his um, business degree. Most people don't do much of the business degree, do they? But he got one. And I was talking with him, and he's extraordinarily wealthy now. He owns most of the port down here. I mean, he's done remarkably well. Of course. Very nice guy. And, and you know, really, I was really proud to watch him do what he did because, let me tell you, I picked up a lot of business tips from him. And I was chatting with him in the hall one day. He had 
run in real quick. He was always, I mean, he, you could see his ankles were blurring. You just never saw the guy standing still. <laughs> and he needed somebody to type something up, and I happened to be the only one in the office. It was lunchtime. So I said, well, yeah, I'll do that for you. And I looked at him. I said, you can't type? He said, no. And I was just laughing. I said, I would have thought that would have been part of your business, you know, the requirements in your your degree that you could type. He said, no, I had an argument with my professor, and he said, I won it. I said, what did you do? He said, you know, I told them that I was going to make my degree work for me. I was going to be very wealthy, and I would have people who typed, and he did. I thought, that's brilliant. You have people. If you don't want to learn to type, and I don't want to be in Infusionsoft all the time, you find the best person for that job, and you make sure they have the whole picture, you make sure you pay them what they're worth, and you make sure they're happy. I have a great question for you here. I was a member of a coaching program once that was about entrepreneurial leverage and entrepreneurial success, and the person coaching this program, uh, they were leading a session. I can't remember if I asked you this before, so if this is a duplicate, it's probably a good idea we cover it again because we probably have some different listeners this time. Uh, They were saying that, yeah, if we have a virtual assistant working for you and you're giving them like 30 hours a week, you should go to them and say, hey, you know, I'm giving you a big piece of your business. I think I'm entitled to a discount here. What is your thought on somebody approaching their virtual assistant or online business manager with a line like that? I can't say it on the radio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 So, so give us the expletive. <laughs> Pretend this is the Watergate. <laughs> Listen, a deal is a deal. If you want to rearrange something with your your VA or your OBM, you need to come forth with a very very solid proposal for them, and that doesn't mean making them cut their hours or right. cut their pay. If if they're worth their salt, they're going to say, you know, let's talk about this. Here's what I'm doing for you. You may not understand the scope of what I'm doing for you. And actually, I'm worth more than you know that I am. And I'm going to point out to you the shortcomings in your thinking. Right. The VA may find him or herself in a position of saying, okay, I'm going to have to defend the work here. But I think, in fact, I don't think and I know it, I think once they really sit down and they start really looking at all of the work that they do, billable and unbillable, and I think a lot of people don't get this, Adam, we do an awful lot of stuff for our clients that we don't bill for. That's true. And if we did, holy crap on a stick. There's your yeah, expletive. That's you know, true. I mean, true. I, yeah, I, I mean it, really. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so the thing is, it's, I see why people want to do that, but I also see that you need to defend your work. You know, kind of just come up with it and say, okay, this is is what I do for you. If you want to cut back on hours, I'm happy with that, but I'm not going to lower my rate. So if we cannot come to some kind of conclusion with this, I will be happy to refer you to somebody else. Right. Because they're no longer your perfect client. If they really do not value the work that you do and they want to cut your rate, something has gone really sideways somewhere. Yeah. And you need to either figure it out or get out. Here's what I – Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. And now that I remember, we talked about this a bit on on part one of this interview, uh, now that I remember the context. So I think it is a good idea we bring it up again. My message to business creators is, well, for those clients, you should raise your rates. Because they're taking up 
a big piece of your business's bandwidth. They want to be the favorite client. They want to be the preferred client. They want to be the first client. They want to be the number one flagship client. Well, that should come at a premium. And you have to decide whether or not this is the type of client that's going to you know, excite you to the point where you're going to put your work ahead of theirs or their work ahead of yours. If you can't feel that, I, I just them, you need to withdraw from that conversation yeah. right now. Right. 30 hours a week to me is a job. Yeah. And I frankly don't do it. We talked about that in the last Okay, everybody who's listening, go back and listen to that last show. It's yeah. important. We covered a lot of territory in there, but unless you have a great team who can help you handle a 30-hour-a-week client, I, I don't think it's a good idea to take them on, to be honest with you. Right. 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 For, for a whole lot of reasons. And, again, we covered that in the last show. But Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just really conversation, clarity, conversation, clarity, have the discussion. Whatever that discussion is going to shake out to be, have it. Don't You know, if you're the VA who has somebody say, okay, you know, I'm sending you so much money every week or every month, and I would like a discount, don't respond right away. Think about it. Start you know, keeping track of everything that you do. I mean, when I say don't respond right away, I don't mean send off an email and, Go, what the heck are you talking about, you moron? Don't do that. Right. <laughs> that may be yeah. your first instinct, but don't even do though, it. Even though, even though you're probably thinking it, it's probably not going to be <laughs> the best way it. to have this come out in favor because at this no. point, you have them thinking about money, and if you get them thinking the right way about money, that could turn out to be more lucrative for you. Right. It's really not about the money when it comes down to it. It's about the exchange, and the exchange is what is he getting from you, what are you getting from him? Money is right. involved, absolutely. But once you sit down and you both become very clear on what that exchange entails and what each person is receiving from that, that's a whole other conversation. And that takes it off of the, oh, can you give me a discount to, holy geez, I didn't know that you did that much. Thank you. Right. Right, right. And see, so now you're having something a, to think about. Yeah, you're, now you're having a completely different conversation at that point. Right, right. I mean, you know, it's easy to say, oh, after all they've done for you, I've given you the best years of my life and go all soap opera on them. <laughs> you don't want to do that. It, they're both they're business transactions, both of them. And you need right. to understand why he or she says, oh, well, you know, I think you owe me a discount. Well, I don't think I do, and here's why. Or, you know, you can come to some other arrangements, fewer hours perhaps, like you said, which I love, more money. Right. Yeah, there's just so many ways to approach it, but approach it from a very business-like perspective, and it will end well. One way or another, it will end well. Right. If you need jerk and get emotional over it, it's going to end badly. Mm. You don't want that to happen. Yep, 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 because cause approach this as somebody who's just being smart about their business and want to make wants to make sure they have mm-hmm. the right investment. And and, and the answer to right, that, right. that they that maybe they want to take some light work off your plate because they have somebody who can do it for half what they're paying you. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's just, you can look at it this uh you, you hear me dusting my hands off in the background. That's like <laughs> yep. that's, that's little stuff you have to worry about now because now right. you can help them get that stuff done at half the amount of money. So you're their knight in shining armor, helping them save money in their business. Now they have more money to give you for stuff you actually want to do. Right. You don't have And, to and listen, I tell people Right. I had a girl come to me the other day. I had a conversation with her almost two years ago now. 
and I remember the conversation like it was you know, yesterday. I take notes of all my you know, potential clients and the intakes, and you know, I take notes because many of them do circle back around. might be a year or two later, but they do. And I had a big conversation with her, and she was not ready. And I told her, you're just not where you need to be. You know, this is, you know, do this, do this, do the other, and, you know, we'll circle back around some other time. Well, she called me, well, she emailed me on Facebook and said, I'm ready, and I don't want to work with anybody but you. All right. (laughs) So we had a big conversation. She has total clarity on where she wants to go. And, I mean, we had a two-hour-long conversation as part of the intake process. We both know exactly who is doing what, what it's worth to her, what it's worth to me. Right. There's no, there's nothing there for us to go, uh, now what? I mean, we are on fire. We're ready to kick it into high gear. Absolutely. Now, Denise, a lot of folks who listened to part one wrote to me. We got a lot of response off part one. Uh-oh. It's a very popular topic, and we don't normally get as much engagement off an individual interview on business creators radio shows we got off this one but we got people writing to us they're excited about part two and they listened to part one they they gave us a few things they want to make absolutely sure that we covered in part two since we're spending two weeks and two hours to do this and i got a few reminders once again that what's very important to a lot of folks is what are the online systems that an entrepreneur can expect a VA to work in that will help simplify and track the processes. In other words, what are some of the online client management systems? What are some of the softwares? How do you technically work with a VA to create uh, project management, accountability, all that other happy stuff? Well, Adam, there's some minimums, but listen, a good techie VA, and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a good techie VA. For starters, you have to have some kind of a system set up to where you're communicating with each other, to where you're you're sharing notes, if you will, to where you're sharing processes and timelines and milestones. Basecamp is good for that. Um, there are a lot of them. Just seriously, just type in client management system into Google, and you're going to come up with half a dozen of them. They're all good. Right. Basecamp is the one that most people seem to use. You can use Google Docs. I mean, if you really insist on kind of going uh, low-key old school. They're not expensive, but it's well worth it. So you want to make sure that you have something like that in place because communication is very, very important. You need to be able to communicate with your VA. You need to know that your VA got your messages. Right. And that they're responding to them in a timely fashion. So definitely invest if the VA does not already have a client management system in place, and many of them do, you need to invest in it. Somebody has to have it. Right. I personally have never really found much use for those. People have tried to get me to log into those, and I've said, no, not really. I don't want to. That's just me personally. <laughs> um, a and, lot of people are that way. Right. A lot of people are. You're not right. alone. Right. And, and I just come out and say it. I just, I just really don't want to. It's another login I have to deal mm-hmm. with. Uh, I'll play with your system as long as we can do it all by email, where when you send something to me, it generates an email. And if I reply right. to that email, it logs into the system's my response, then by all means, let's have at it. But outside of that, I have enough logins as it is. Uh, what, I, what I look for are accountability, deadlines, uh, a project plan in place. We can print the thing out and check it off step by step. In some ways, I'm very old-fashioned that way, and that is perfectly fine for those of you who think that you have to get into all these systems, but it's not necessarily 
imperative that you do so. It, again, comes from clarity and communication. Mm-hmm. What works best for you? I mean, there's some VAs and online business managers out there who really don't like the online project management systems either, and that may be fine. And I'm one well. of them. Yeah. You know, I, I'm one of them. That's why I mentioned Google Docs. Yeah. Listen, I had I had a system for a long time, and I was paying a lot of money for it. Yeah. And over time, I realized that I was actually operating best through emails and phone calls. Yeah. And I love a good email. I mean, an email to me that gives me my my list. I can put it then in, into my Google Docs, whatever it is that I'm using as as my management. I mean, I gave up my my system probably a year and a half ago, and I haven't missed it at all. But some people function very, very well in there. So there has to be some kind of system set up where you are communicating. You know that that milestones are being met. You know that things are being done. And it can be a weekly check-in meeting. It can be an email checklist. I have one client that he wants every week he wants to have a to-do list. And then he can go there and cross it off. I send him a note and say, here you go. He crosses it. It's old school. It works for him. Whatever works for you in, in your your client, or if you're the client, whatever works for you and your VA, but you must have that accountability system set up, whatever it is. Right. With, with, don't, I, don't, don't ignore yeah. that. Have something right. set up. Exactly. To put this in perspective, one of, my, uh, one of my top clients where we handle all of their product and service promotions uh, for them, uh, we meet with him weekly, usually for about an hour, where we do all the strategic stuff and things along those lines. And he asks me every week to send him a brief summary of what we discussed. And most of the time I do it, uh, sometimes it just slips because I immediately jump into something else, but I really try to do it as much as possible. And I find that I'm more effective being able to do that when uh, when he can understand that I'm going to have to stop during our conversation to type some of this down in a notepad because I'm not the type that's going to like, you know, okay, well, later on today I'm going to type up a minute summary of what we discussed. That's not going to happen. In fact, I'm going to give you another example of this. Uh, this was a conversation between two great friends of mine, Robert Plank and Lance Tamashiro, who are the co-founders of Backup Creator and a number of other great softwares, where they're business partners, now have regular strategic calls about their business, what have you. And one of them will ask the other to do something, and then the other person will say, well, hold on one second, and that person will go and do it. But the other one says, well, I didn't need you to do it now, just whenever. But the person who went and did it said, well, later I'm going to totally forget about this, and you're going to ask me about this next week. So and, one and see, way, that makes perfect sense to yeah. me. So if, so, and if we're very, very techy, a lot of right. times we can just do it right there on the fly. Right. I'm known for that. Hang on a second. Let me go finish it. There you go. Refresh right. the page. Right. So, so, right. So another, way, so another way you can do this is I, I, I was leading here for a reason with my online summaries with my one client and, uh, and Robert and Lance example. I was leading here because – Another way you can manage your relationship with your virtual assistant or online business manager are to have regularly scheduled working sessions where the idea is, is yeah, you're both going to devote a good hour to it, but you're actually going to get stuff done. Exactly. So you know, you know and that's important. That's part of the communication, yeah. right? right? That's part of the process. So. Whatever you have to do to make these things work, whether it's a weekly call, whether it's a working call, which I love, I do that with my clients a lot, whether it's a checklist, whatever it is, each one of my clients is different. And some of them just say, I am not logging into that. 
I'm not going to do And I found that that was really the norm. People were saying, no, no, no. Now, on the other side of that, I find that people who manage very large teams really do need that so they can make sure that their team is on task and, you know, they're doing things like that. So um, it, it, it's a personal preference, but whatever it is, make sure it's working. Make sure that you're not coming around two weeks later and going, oh, I forgot about that. I'm going to get to it today. I promise. Right. Your word, listen, your work is only as good as your word. There, 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 There is truth to that, and I don't even claim to be absolutely perfect, but I find the better I do with that, the better my work mm-hmm. is overall. It just has, it's just, just right. a funny perceptional thing. And I'm going to leave, there's one more really great question we want to ask. We have about 12 minutes left here, and there's something I really want to get okay. in. But I want to make one further point, is when people who support my business uh, as virtual assistants, online business managers, or if I have the graphic designer working directly with the clients off those pieces we need for the launch or something like that, uh, if they... If there are conversations that I don't actually need to be present for that happen by email, uh, I will have any email addresses that they use on my behalf set up so that incoming mail forwards to me so I see copies of it. But I require that they blind copy me on anything outgoing. As long as they do Mm -hmm. that, they will almost never hear from me. However, if they don't do it and I find out that uh, I find out they're sending emails and I'm only seeing the other person's reply, but I'm not seeing the outgoing copy, blind copy to me, I will ask question after question after question after question, reminders, nagging, everything. I will lay it on until they get the point that taking the extra three seconds to blind copy me will make their life a lot easier. Right, right. Yeah. And as the client, I mean, you have the right to do so. Listen, right. as virtual assistants, we are both the client and we're the provider. We're both because yeah. a good virtual assistant or OBM is going to have a healthy team behind him or her, and I mean a healthy team. So we have to have the same systems put in play for our team that we put that our clients want in play for us. So whatever works. You know, right. I'm not going to say go with – you know, base camp or, you know, any of the other team, just do whatever works for that particular client. Right. Absolutely. It's an individual call. You can't, there is no one size fits all is what I'm saying. True. True. So when somebody tells you it has to be base camp or it has to be this sort of have you, it doesn't necessarily have Mm -hmm. to be. You have to figure out what your style is. I mean, you may get pulled on the idea of, yeah, and we just keep saying base camp because it's one of the industry leaders. It's one of the bigger, yeah. yeah. There are many out there, and and I've worked within several, so I'm familiar with several of them. Uh, You may get sold on the idea that you need to have that to have a truly leveraged business, and it may just turn out in the end to be a galactic pain in the ass to you where just some good old-fashioned human-to-human accountability Mm-hmm. Work a lot better for everybody else involved, but that doesn't mean you right. should. And that's it. my preference. That works best for me. I got rid of it a long time ago. Right. So, ten minutes left. One very hot question. So I'm just going to okay. ask the question. I'm going to let you take it away, and this will be a great way to connect a lot of the dots we've put out there over the past hour and fifty minutes we've been together here. Um, I am in business. I've decided it's time for me to. Stop being such a solopreneur. I can't do it all on my own anymore. I need a virtual assistant. What do I do? Well, listen to the first part of the show. Figure (laughs) out, follow yourself around. (laughs) No, seriously. Follow yourself around. There are things that you are doing. And let's just break it down to the money versus, you know, the hat that you're wearing. If you're cleaning the toilet in your business, that's $10 an hour work, right? Right. But if you are creating the product, 
and you're selling the product and you're coming up with all these great ideas and you are the product, that's 95 to $100, right? Yep. Don't clean the toilets. Seriously. Don't do the $5 an hour work. Do the work that only you should be doing, the creative part of it, the selling part of it, if you will, whatever it is that your business is. Figure out who is doing the grunt work and figure out who is doing the massively money-making work. And then you'll know what your VA is going to do and what you should be doing. Don't clean the toilets. Right. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, really, follow... (laughs) I have this picture in my head. I'm going, oh, God, they're going to hate me. Okay, the thing is, you need to really understand that the, some of the tasks that you're doing is just busy work. You shouldn't be doing it. It's way below your pay grade. You're that's not very, doing it well. That's very true. You know, now figure I, out what your pay grade is and don't go below it. Yep, so now I have to find somebody. So I understand. I'm not cleaning mm-hmm. the toilets anymore. I'm not setting out my own <laughs> Sorry. I'm not cleaning my... I'm not uh, I'm not uh, you know posting my own blog post anymore. I'm not uh, I'm not uh, you know answering personally every single email because I'm not even equipped to handle some of these these things. It really would be better mm-hmm. off if somebody else is doing it for me. I need somebody and I need them right. and I recognize now because I've scrubbed too many toilets. I need them 6 weeks ago. Where right. do I find them? So, Where do I find them and how do right, I know? Well, well, the next thing is, you, again, you follow yourself around, you figure out what your pay grade is, you figure out what you should not be doing, right? and then you have, a, you have a list. You know what you need in a VA or a couple of VAs if that's what it takes. Um, you know, if you need Infusionsoft, you hire a $100 an hour guy. You don't hire a general VA who says, sure, I can do that for you. Right. If you need somebody working in um, one shopping cart or setting up WooCommerce or building a website for you, you figure out what it is that you need, you chunk it down into manageable pieces because building a website may not fall under the purview of a VA. I can do it because I'm a web developer. Not everybody can. So you need a specialist for that. Okay, so you put that on the list. But that's not a VA work. That's a project list. So you need to figure out what's a project, what's ongoing, and what do I not want to touch ever. And you just kind of keep winnowing it down. So pretty soon you have a pretty fair idea of what you need. Do you need a social media marketing relationship expert? That's an expert. Uh, doesn't fall into the general VA thing as a rule. Do I need a website? Okay, that's a project. That goes in this column. Okay, over here. Now I'm looking oh. at sending out my newsletter. I'm looking at you know, maybe sending you – know, I'm a speaker. Let's just say I'm a speaker. Now I need somebody to contact speaker bureaus for me. I need to follow up in my e-speakers thing. You know, those are ongoing processes. Okay, a VA can do that much better than I can do that. Now I know what I need to do. I need to give her my one sheet. I need to give her my my bio. I need to make sure she has all of the tools to follow through with these these requests. Right. So follow yourself around. Start making very detailed notes. Sort out what is a project, what only you should be doing, and what you can really hand off to a VA. Then you go looking for that person or persons. And then you really start, this is where it's important, you start asking people you know who have used VAs, and you ask them for recommendations. You don't just go online and go, oh, you look good, I like your website. Wrong (laughs) move. (laughs) Wrong move. Listen, I'm 100% referral-based. I have been for years. You want somebody who will go, oh, God, you've got to work with Adam, or you've got to work with Denise. Oh, my gosh. 
you know, that's who you want to talk with. Find out who who has worked with a VA or who has worked with a web developer and find out who they're using. Find out, you know, who they're recommending. Yes. Yes, so that right there is very brilliant, which is find out who people you know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. Know, like, and You're right. Because right. for the same reason that you're – you know, you flock with those birds, they have certain people that they attract. And also look at some of the people who you interact with. And who do they interact with? What names of people who have these specialties, who have these abilities, do you need to fill in your business? What names keep popping up in a positive manner? Just right. In their social media circles, uh, who do they seem to communicate with all the time? Mm-hmm. And those will be some clues, too, of some other names you should look at because there's probably a certain synergy there. It's probably a good place well, to start. Right, right. And another thing is, I mean, I know you're listening to this going, I can't afford her. There's no way in the world I can afford her. That doesn't mean you shouldn't contact me. Right. Because I have a Rolodex, like you wouldn't believe, my invisible Rolodex in my head. I can connect you with people who I know darn good and well can help you. I'm, You know, I don't take all comers. And, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, you've got to hire me, and I'm $95 an hour, and, and I know darn good and well you can't afford me or you're not ready for me yet, but I can sure give you some names. Contact uh, people like me. Don't be yeah. afraid of people like me. Contact us and say, listen, you know, I would love to know more about the virtual assistance industry. Do you have time to speak with me about it? And I will be able to tell pretty quickly if you're ready for somebody like me or not, but I will be happy to refer you all day long. Yes. And I would, and I'd like to point out because you know the final question we typically ask uh, on these interviews is how somebody who wants to engage you can get to know more. Um, I suggest very strongly to our listeners go on Facebook and find a group called Your Virtual Assistant. That's Denise's group. Make sure you join that group, even if you are not a virtual assistant, even if you're somebody who you you, you you think you may need to hire someone or you may know somebody who may need to hire someone or you just want to learn more about the industry. As long as you are capable and qualified and you have something to add, uh, Denise, you know, will generally speaking approve your addition of the group and it's a very high quality group so you yeah, have it that. Is. very high quality there's a lot of business power in there yeah yeah i mean i mean i even get surprised some of the people that i see in there who are not virtual assistants but are very high level we like to call gurus in certain industries i'm thinking they're in your virtual assistant what are they doing there and i mm-hmm. think it's like ah, i know <laughs> what they're doing there i know exactly what they're doing there they're getting the best possible yeah to move their business forward. That's what they're doing. Right. They're not. They're, and they're it's an open group. Learning. Yeah. Right, right. And it's an open group, meaning that you can see what we're up to. Listen, I police that group very carefully. I don't let a lot of junk slide by. We're in there to help each other, and I'm very clear about that when you join that group. There's a lot of business brain power in there, and we're there to help one another. People will toss out a question, and it might get answered within 10 minutes by 50 people. Yes. It's crazy, and we're so willing to help one another. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, again, uh, Denise Griffiths, I want to thank you so much for being willing to play with us again for another hour. I know it's <laughs> to get this topic out, but it's so hot and it has so many moving parts, we just need the extra time, and whenever possible, right. we make the extra time because it's that valuable to business creators like me and me. Well, and any time you need me to come back and answer questions, I will be happy to. I'm just, I'm so honored that you asked me back. 
Absolutely. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and be sure to subscribe to our channel on iTunes, which is updated weekly. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.